Last week, we looked at James chapter 1, verse 1, three pandemic people God greatly uses. Um, This week, I want us to continue in the book of James, and I want us to look at how to stand strong in trials, how to stand strong in trials. It reminded me of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a man who was born to stand strong in trials. Uh, He was told that from his birth, he was destined by God to be a prophet and that he would suffer many uh, trials and afflictions. Uh, He was going to be a great prophet of God, but he was going to be known as the weeping prophet because of all the trials that he would endure. As a matter of fact, halfway, well, partly through the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 20, uh, Jeremiah even says, why was I even born to look at such trouble in this life and my life be spent in such shame? Are we born for trouble? Are we born like Jeremiah, just to stand strong in trials. Were we not born during this time in history where the COVID-19 pandemic exists? And since we are in this period of history, then were we not born for it? How do we stand strong in the COVID-19 trials that we must face? Jeremiah had many trials that he had to face as he was watching his people be uh, taken over by the Babylonians and his city destroyed. He was just for preaching and teaching the Word of God. He was beaten by the civil servants, and he was thrown into prison and put in stocks. Uh, reminded me of Paul and Silas, Acts chapter 16. They also were stripped of their clothes, beaten with rods, thrown into prison, and put into stocks. The stocks I'm talking about here are those uh, uh, heavy wooden uh, boards that are clamped around your ankles uh, so that you can't move, you can't turn over, you can't stand up. As a matter of fact, just a month, a month and a half ago, stocks were used in Chinoob, uh, Colombia. Uh, they built some, put them outside the police station, and the people who did not uh, honor the COVID-19 quarantined were put in stocks for a number of hours to teach them that COVID-19 quarantine was an order they expected them to um, uh, adhere to. Are we born for that kind of trouble where our our life is changed? Um, We lose income. We lose work. We are forced to do church online, making many of us lonely, um, Community deprived, uh, full of stress and strain. How about overexposure to people like our marriage partner, our children, our parents? Overexposure to people who are constantly under stress and strain and not able to get away. We're locked up with such people. How can we turn this agony into some kind of accomplishment? How can we turn our weeping into uh, rejoicing, our trials into triumphs? Standing strong in trials, I think God answers wonderfully in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 12. Let me read now God's Word as we see uh, God's direction for us in trials. James 1, beginning at verse 2, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach. And it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. 
For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. But the brother of humble circumstances is to glory in his high position, and the rich man is to glory in his humiliation, because like flowering grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with a scorching wind and withers the grass and its flower falls off, and the beauty of its appearance is destroyed. So too the rich man in the midst of his pursuits will fade away. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. In this passage of Scripture, I want us to see four directions God gives us to stand strong in trial. First, He asks us to reflect on God's work. Second, to relax in God's will. Third, to request God's wisdom. And then fourth, to receive God's wreath. First direction for standing strong in trials is to reflect on God's work. Verse 2, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Now, first of all, the word here could be translated temptations, not trials. Matter of fact, if you have the King James Version of the Bible, it says temptations, not trials. The word can go either way. So context needs to determine which is the right way. In this case, I think the context leads us to translate this trials and not temptation. The context of what I've just read for you, verses 2 through 12, is dealing with trials. When you get down to verse 13, it's dealing with temptation. 13 starts off, let no one say when he is tempted. He's being tempted by God. Temptation is in verses 13 through 18. That's a particular context. And trials is a particular context in verses 2 through 12. So I prefer to translate verse 2 as trials and not temptation. Uh, Some of you may say, well, what's the difference? Well, there's a clear difference. Uh, Trials are from God for our maturity. Temptations are from Satan for our misery. It's a huge difference. Trials are from God for our maturity, to endure them. Temptations, verse 13 says, they're not from God at all. Don't even think that temptations are from God. They're not. God can't tempt man with anything. Temptations are from Satan for our misery. What we're dealing with today is trials. Trials are from God for our maturity. Now, verse 2 says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. He does not say, if you encounter various trials. It's not a question of if. It's a question of when, and we're in one right now. It's not a question of if for us. Clearly, almost everyone around the globe is impacted somehow with the coronavirus. It's a pandemic. It's a trial we have to face. The scripture says when a trial is encountered, then we should consider it all joy. And not just a trial, but various trials, all manner of trials. We won't just have one trial in life. We will have many trials in life, and God wants us to consider it and rejoice in it. Think about trouble in this life. Are we born for trouble? Yes. We're not only born for trouble, God wants us to stand strong in trouble. I remind you of a couple verses. One I I, um, shared with you last week, but again, uh, just call your attention to it. In John chapter 13, John chapter 16, excuse me, verse 33, Jesus says, These things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have 
tribulation. Take courage. I've overcome the world. In the world, you have tribulation. Jesus promised his disciples they would have tribulation in the world. When you encounter various trials, um, look at uh, also Acts chapter 14. I thought this is interesting how uh, Barnabas and Paul, when they were uh, on their missionary journeys, then they returned the second time to encourage and strengthen the brethren that they had been ministering to, planting churches with. Acts chapter 14, verse 22 says, they were strengthening, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying, notice what Paul and Barnabas were saying to strengthen and encourage the saints. Here it is. Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Wow. Your church planner, the, the one who's helped you start a church, comes back to strengthen you, encourage you, and says, now, I want you to know you are going to go through many tribulations as a saint in the kingdom of God. You were born for trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. Back in James chapter 1, verse 2, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter. Let me stop with the word encounter for just a moment. When you encounter various trials. Quite literally, that word could be translated when you fall into various trials. When you look at it that way, it, maybe it reminds you of the uh, story of the Good Samaritan, but we sometimes don't look at that story from the standpoint of the victim. Let me just share with you one verse out of that story because it gives us the same occasion that we have in James 1. It's not the same context, but Luke chapter 10 and verse 30 says this, um, Jesus replied and he said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers and they stripped him and beat him and went away leaving him half dead. Now, the two words in this verse, fell among, same as in James 1 verse 2, encountered. So there was this man going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he encountered robbers. You encounter trials, or you fall upon trials. We know as we listen to that parable of the Good Samaritan that there's this man going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and it wasn't his fault there were some mean, troublesome men on the road that day. Men who were up to no good. Men who attacked him, stripped him, beat him, robbed him. Wasn't his fault that happened. It just did. He encountered a rough group of men on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho. COVID-19, the pandemic, the infectious disease, is that our fault? I don't think so. But we have fallen upon these times. We have encountered this trial. And we encounter lots of trials that aren't our fault. We weren't doing something particularly wrong that brought about this pandemic. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. But that's not fair, you say. God doesn't tell us that life is fair. We encounter troubles. We encounter trials. And they are ordinary. They are inevitable. The question is, how are we going to respond rightly to them? And what God tells us to do, that I've read now a number of times, is to consider it. All joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. First thing we need to do is reflect on God's work. Don't miss the word consider. Stop and consider the trial that God has brought into your life. Consider it all 
joy. How do we do that? Um, he doesn't tell us to work up joy. He doesn't tell us to fake joy. He tells us to get to joy by considering the various trials we encounter. Uh, what do we consider about them? What do, how do we reflect upon them? The trials that the audience that James was writing to encountered were, were indeed various. Uh, they had been persecuted by the Romans in Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Uh, after Stephen was stoned, great persecution came upon the Jews and they were dispersed out of Jerusalem because of that persecution. So they're running for their lives. They've lost their homes. They're losing their wealth, their riches. Uh, they're losing their uh, community. Uh, they're having to start new churches. Uh, lots of things, various things are happening to them. And God says, I want you to consider all of these various trials. And when we stop to do so, we begin to see, well, God's doing something here. He brought persecution to disperse us, to advance the gospel to many places. So lots of things are happening through these trials. Uh, he even mentions some of the stuff that's happening, verses 9, uh, 10, and 11 of this text, James 1. He says, the brother of humble circumstances. So that's the, the, the saint the new believer, who doesn't really have much. But he does have much. God says, let that brother consider that though he didn't have much, so he didn't maybe lose much in this persecution, but he still has a lot. He has this high and glorious position in Christ. And then he moves to the rich man who has a lot. Well, because of the persecution, the rich man is losing his riches. It says, like a flower of the, of the grass, it just passes away, or the sun scorches and withers it, and it's all gone. And he may not look as handsome and nice as he once was when he was rich, but he still has this high status if he's a brother, if he's in Christ. He has this high position. Consider this when you're going through various trials. Consider what God is doing. How God is taking the humble and exalting him to a high and glorious place in Christ. Verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. The trial is a test. God is testing us. And through this test, he is producing endurance uh, for us. Uh, remember uh, Christ, go back a couple pages in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, tells us we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There's this word endure that I want us to pick up in James 1. But here in Hebrews 12, verse 2, Christ endured the cross. Why did he endure the cross? It says, for the joy set before him. God wants us to consider it all joy. And as we consider the trial, all joy, we begin to consider that it is producing an endurance. The endurance Christ had enabled him to stay on the cross when people were saying he should come down, to stay in our place, to die in our place, to present himself as the perfect sacrifice for us. And he did all of that because he knew as he ran this course, as he endured this trial, it would produce the perfect sacrifice for us that we, his sons, his redeemed, could be lifted to glory and have eternal life in him. So Christ endured. He had a reason to endure. And I think that's what James is trying to teach us in James chapter 1. If you stop to reflect on God's work, you will be able to consider it joy because you begin to see God is at work. God is doing something. When we don't stop to consider 
God's work, we think nothing significant is happening. This is just troublesome. This is just a trial. And no good can come out of it. When we stop to consider, we say, well, maybe God is, is doing something good. And if God is doing something good, then um, maybe we should endure. And we do endure. Um, don't miss the fact that God doesn't say here or elsewhere, just keep reading your Bible and you will produce endurance. Just keep listening to sermons and you will produce perseverance and endurance. Uh, no. Bible reading, listening to sermons, praying, that does not produce endurance. It's the trials, the trouble that God has designed in this world that God uses to produce endurance in us. That being the case lets us know we, we need them. We need them to produce this endurance God wants in us. He's not telling us here, grin and bear it. He didn't say, grin and bear your trials. Stop and consider. Consider it. All joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing, it's God testing your faith, producing endurance. Trials have a purpose. Now, give you an example. Look at Acts chapter 16. I've already referred to this example, so let me just kind of jump into it real quick. Acts chapter 16. And this is that story where Paul and Silas are stripped of their clothes, verse 22. Uh, they are beaten with rods, verse 22 of Acts 16. Um, they are struck with many blows, verse 23. And then uh, they are thrown into the inner prison, verse 24. And their feet are fastened in stocks. And now let's get to verse 25. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now think about that. You got two believers who have just had their clothes ripped off, been beaten with rods, thrown into prison, and they wanted to make them so secure in prison that they also clamp these wooden stocks around their ankles so that they have the most uncomfortable evening um, trying to sleep bound in stocks. So instead of sleeping, and even before that, they began to consider the trial of the day. And that trial, considering it, led them to singing. And they began to sing and rejoice greatly that they had been used of God to bring the gospel to people to share the good news with others. They began to consider God had them right where he wanted them. God was testing them, but God was using them. And because God was using them, that in and of itself is sufficient grounds for joy, rejoicing, and singing. Think about your trials that way. Think about COVID-19 that way, that God is using this for our endurance, for our testing, to produce in us a maturity in Christ that would not come any other way. If God is doing something in us and to us to conform us to the image of Christ through this pandemic, then it is something we can consider and reflect upon and praise God for and rejoice. It's not something that we're doing. We perhaps can't do anything to solve it or fix it. But God is doing something. And because God is doing something, that changes everything. It brings us to a place of joy. How do we stand strong in trials? First of all, we've got to consider, reflect on God's work. So that it leads us to a, a place of seeing this actually could turn into a triumph, a victory, a reward, and not just a troublesome situation or a great number of days. Second, God gives us advice to not only reflect on his work, but to relax 
in his will. Verse 4 says, and let endurance, so this endurance that God's producing, let it have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Endurance needs to go to maturity. It's God's will for us. The word let and let, it's like our tendency would be to not let it, to, to resist it, to push it away. And God says, don't, don't go there. Trials come, consider it joy. God's doing something good. When you consider God's doing something good, then let it, let it go. Let it, let it continue. Let it work in your life unto maturity. It's like putting gold or metal in a hot fire to um, take all of the impurities off of it or out of it. Let it stay there long enough until it's pure. That's what God wants us to do, to, to relax. I mean, if it's, if it's God's will, relax in God's will. Let this course, which is God's will, continue until it's perfect result. Don't run away from it. Don't hide from it. Don't resist it. As you reflect on it, sit in it. Understand God's doing something. It's, it's, it's like running too fast and stumbling and falling. If you've, if you've ever done that, most of us probably have, it's, it's usually wise. You know, I've had people uh, to sit there while I've had people run up as soon as I've stumbled and fall. Say, hey, can I pick you up? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me just sit here a minute. Let me consider why I stumbled and fell. You know, is there something I can learn from this? Yes, this is painful. Let me sit in the pain for a moment and reflect upon it so that I don't do it again. Let me let it have its intended purpose. I fell, I experienced pain, and that's supposed to teach me something. It's supposed to teach me how not to fall, how not to get here again. There's times when we need to let the trial have a good result to perfect us, to mature us, to complete us, to get us to a better place, lacking less and less until we're lacking nothing. Uh, You've heard people say, you've made commitments, stay with them. Yes, they're painful. You just started school, stay there until you finish that commitment. You just started a job, stay there until you finish that commitment. Because if you don't endure the trial, if you don't endure the pain, you're going to miss the result. It says, let it have its perfect result so that you will be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Uh, Patty and I, um, when we left seminary for the first time after um, attending three and a half years for, our, for my Master's of Divinity degree, uh, we bought a house when we went there, and so we left having tried, we tried to sell the house, and we left having the house unsold. And that house didn't sell for another two years. That was a trial. Because we started in ministry having to maintain a house we were in and having to uh, maintain a house we were not in. The double expenses with very meager expenses. And we just prayed and prayed and prayed that God would deliver us from that trial of an unsold house. It took us a long time to, to relax and say, you know, maybe this is God's will. This trial, he is through it, he's testing our faith. And if it's God's will for us not to sell our house quickly, then maybe we should just accept that and consider what God's doing through this. We thought we were just doing something. We were just selling a house, not effectively, but it was all about us. When we begin to consider God was doing something, that it was a trial, that it was a test to produce in us something God would consider good, a good result, a completing of us in Christ, then that changed everything for us and all our prayers 
Are you missing any of the benefits from this COVID-19 trial? Are you missing the benefits, the opportunities that God has for you to grow and mature and be complete? It's a thought I shared with our elders a few weeks ago. Begin thinking about the opportunities that God is giving us as a church and as a body in the COVID-19 pandemic that we would not have gotten any other way. And let's consider how we can rejoice in them and consider how we can let them have their perfect result. Let us learn. Let us grow. Let us mature. Let us see this as from God for his glory, but also for our benefit. You, you remember uh, Paul received this thorn in the flesh from God. He tells us about it in 2 Corinthians 12. And he says he prayed three times, God, take this affliction from me. It's painful. It restricts me. I don't like it. And he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he quit praying. At some point, Paul quit praying. He said, I prayed three times, but God revealed to Paul that this affliction was given to Paul for a good purpose. And then Paul relaxes, changes his prayers altogether, because there's no need to pray for it to go away if God says it's going to stay. And so when Paul changed his prayers for the removal of the trial, then it began to have its perfect and complete result in him, and it did exactly what God intended it to do, which is strip and remove the pride from Paul so that he could become more effective in ministry. God may be doing something like that for us through this current trial that we're in. God is using it to mature us, to complete us, to perfect us, to show us things we would have never seen as effectively before. There's so many reasons. I gave you a few weeks back uh, 12 reasons God ordains pain for our lives. There's a lot of reasons God may be putting COVID-19, that pandemic, in our lives. You can think about many just as it reflects on our church and our church life. A greater uh, compassion and desire for the planning of churches and connection to local churches and engagement with local churches and not forsaking the assembly of local um, believers because of its value. Now when we don't have it, we see the value in a greater way. But let us let this trial have its perfect course. We want to rush back to what we had. But now we have a trial, and God says, slow down. Let it have its effect. Let it have its purpose. Yes, I want to rush back. Yes, I want to be with my church. But God may want me to come back slowly. God may want me to sit here and reflect and consider it all joy and mature and grow and become complete in Christ. To stand strong in trials, God asks us to reflect on his work, to relax in his will. Third, to request of him wisdom. As we sit and relax that this is God's will for our lives, then what do we really learn? God says, you need some wisdom? Ask. Verse 5. It, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Notice the emphasis on God's desire to just pour out generous amounts of wisdom to those who ask for it. You know, when I'm in a trial, what do I ask for? What do you generally ask for in trials? I ask for escape. I ask for deliverance. I ask for peace. I ask for comfort. I ask for healing. God said, no, 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 no. Ask for wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, if you don't know why this trial is yours, if you don't have a clue, you don't have understanding, 
the Spirit is not bringing Scripture to your mind because you've not spent sufficient time in the Scriptures. He says, if you lack understanding and wisdom, then just ask. So I, I really am looking forward to overwhelming you with wisdom. I will, will not in any way uh, be reluctant to answer this prayer. I want to give my people an understanding of what I'm doing, what the will of God is for their lives, and how they can rest in it and follow through with it. So God encourages us to ask for wisdom. It's so easy to miss the good stuff when we're going through trials because we don't take the time to ask of God wisdom. God, why are you doing what you're doing? Uh, I, it's, it's amazing. I, I see people go through trials all the time. We all go through it. They've just uh, lost a loved one. They've been in an automobile accident. Uh, they've uh, con- uh, caught a contagious disease, uh, whatever. And you go through this affliction, and then I show up and I say, well, what has God been teaching you? Number one answer. What has God been teaching you through this trial? Number one answer is... Um, I don't know. Really? That tells me then we didn't stop to consider it and to consider why it would be a joy to have this affliction. We didn't take time to consider that God was doing something, that God wanted to take us through something. And we haven't taken the time to ask him for why. What is this purpose that he's ordained for us through this trial? Stop and don't waste trials. Don't waste pain. Ask of God wisdom. Don't go through trials and learn nothing. Um, Let's determine not to waste the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's be asking of God. Why? What opportunities are you bringing to us through this that we were missing? Or couldn't have even had until you brought us into this period of testing. When Patty and I had that unsold house in uh, Mississippi, and we're moving back to South Carolina, like I said, we were just praying for deliverance. We were just praying for that house to sell and to sell quickly because we were running out of money fast. And God just let it, left it unsold. And after we realized it was a trial that God wanted us to rest in, And we said, God, why? Why do you want us just to keep praying the same prayer over and over to sell the house? And God said, I'm not asking you to pray that prayer. That's the prayer you chose. I'm asking you to pray a prayer of wisdom. Why don't you ask of me wisdom and let me teach you some things? And so we began to ask God, God, why have you left our house unsold? And God began to teach us. It was time for you to learn how to budget and really budget your income. It's time for you to learn to live below your means, needing to pay expenses on two homes instead of just one. It's time for you to learn a greater dependence on me. It's time for you to get serious about your devotional life and your search of the scriptures. And we began to grow and learn so much because we had a house that wouldn't sell. When we ask of God wisdom, he just started generously teaching us things we didn't even imagine we needed to learn. God can do the same thing through this pandemic we are facing now. Let us ask of wisdom. Now, he tells us how to ask. Not just any prayer for wisdom works. Verse 6, he says, but he must ask. Very specific uh, limitation on this prayer. He must ask in faith. Without any doubting. So, in other words, you've got to believe you can't doubt. For the one who doubts, it's like the, the surf on the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. So I don't want you bouncing from one thing to the next. If you really trust me, if you really believe me to provide, then get the wisdom from me. God's Word. Let God reveal through the Scriptures why He's doing what He's doing Uh, And what he he wants us to learn from it. It says, pray with faith. Don't be double-minded. Don't say, yeah, I'm praying, but 
I'm really trusting something else. It's like I'm, I'm praying that God will show me, but I'm really trusting science will show me. I'm really trusting CNN will show me. I'm really trusting my governor will direct me. No, 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 no. Ask God of wisdom and really trust that God's going to provide the answers through his word. That's a, that's a prayer of saying, God, when I come to you asking for you to teach me why this pandemic, why this trial in my particular life, then what I'm saying is that I am going to cling to your word. I am going to stay in your word, and I am going to stay in prayer until I have revelation from you as to why this is happening. I'm asking you, God. Have you stopped to ask God why he wants you to go through the particular trials that you're facing right now as a result of a, of a pandemic that you fell into? It wasn't your fault. But God has a reason. He has a reason for each of us. He has a multitude of reasons, perhaps, for us. Let us ask in faith. Um, Hang out on the word faith for just a minute. Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. God says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. You must be serious when you approach God and ask for wisdom. God, I'm trusting you to provide it. I trust that you can. I believe that you will, that you reward those who ask of you wisdom. Go to God in faith. And then another passage, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7 says, we do not walk by sight, but by faith. Really? Do you walk by faith or by sight? What you can see, what you can scientifically prove, what other people have told you? Or do you walk by trusting God and His Word? God wants us to walk by faith. He said, I want you to pray by faith. I want you to believe when you pray that I will actually answer and I will pour out generously what you need to mature, to grow, to become complete. That's pretty awesome that God wants to do all of that for us. Let's cling to his word. Let's stay in prayer. Let's ask God for the why of the COVID-19 pandemic for us. You know, here's a principle I've learned. When I have a God-directed why for my living, then I can endure the trial with joy. Just knowing that there's a good reason. There's a God reason. There's a divine reason for why I'm going through what I'm going through then the pain's not so bad. And because I know the why, I can sing, I can praise, I can rejoice. Life is not dead and gloomy. It's exciting again. Pray until you have that God-given why. And then you can endure the trial with joy. That's where God wants to get us. God-directed whys for the trials we face. He ends this section with a benediction. I titled it, Receive God's Wreath. Verse 12, the ending. Here's the benediction. We haven't had church for a while to receive it, but hear this benediction. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Wow. What, what a glorious benediction. Blessed is a man. God says, I, I want to reward the man who perseveres under trial, who endures their cross. If we endure our crosses, we bear the cross God has designed for us. He said, I want to promise a crown. If you don't endure the cross, you don't get the crown. But if you endure the cross, you do get the crown. And the crown he speaks of here 
says, you will receive the crown of life. Uh, that's not some uh, flimsy crown of flowers or leaves or even gold that sits on top of our head. It's a crown of life. What does that mean? You know, we don't have, I think, understanding to, to unpack this. This is why God hasn't described it further. A crown of life. There are some uh, textual things that give us a little glimpse into what that means. First of all, in the Greek, it's in the genitive case, which means this is a crown that literally possesses life. It consists of life. It's, 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 it's an honor of high and great distinction that God alone gives to those, it says, it's promised to those who love him. So this crown, whatever it is, it's an honor of distinction consisting of a fullness of life that comes from God to those who love him. If you don't love him, you don't get this crown. This is a reward specifically for those, first of all, who persevere under trial. We endure the, the, the race set for us by God. When we do that out of love for God, so we start thinking about our love for God, we look at the trial and say, thank you, Lord. This trial has been given to me by you. It has a glorious purpose and I thank you for it. I praise you. I consider it all joy to be in this place at this time, seeing what you're doing and living for you. As a result of that, I will endure. And as I endure, God says, and I'm going to give you this fullness of life that I give to those who love me and are called by me for this very purpose. What a glorious distinction. Uh, whatever it is, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a fullness and it's an honor the world doesn't receive. There's going to be something glorious in hearing our Savior one day say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've endured the race. You've persevered under trial. Let me give you the joy of your master, the life of your master. What a blessed reward, a benediction that God provides for those who stand strong in trials. Trying to sum it up, think about learning to swim. I look back on the time where God taught me to swim by my dad. At that time, we lived in, in Greenville and uh, on Shannon Lake. It's a 12-acre lake, houses around it. We lived beside the lake. And I can still remember my uh, strong dad taking me as a four-year-old toddler into the water without life jacket. I don't think we had floaties or swimmies in those days. So I'm in the water with my dad, and he holds me with his hands underneath me and begins to teach me how to swim. He lets me taste, uh, test the water. And then at some point, he lets the water test me. You know, and, and I'm coming up, and I realize after a while, this trial is not a lot of fun, but I'm being supported, and I'm, I'm being loved. I'm being cared for. And at that point, you see, I'm reflecting that this is good for me. This is not easy, but it's good. God's doing something. My dad was doing something. He was teaching me to swim. So once I reflected that that's what really was happening, he wasn't trying to drown me, then I start uh, relaxing. I'm not tense up now. You can move more freely. Just, just stay in the will of your father. And once you're there, said, you know, he knows how to swim. Why not I request some wisdom, some guidance, some understanding? What do I do? Am I doing it right? This, is this what you want me to do? And as you request, you learn and you grow. And it's not long before you're swimming. And then there's that also that, that wet, 
hug, that embrace of a father who's so proud of success and completion and growth under his care. That's our God taking us through trials. He's not trying to destroy us. He wants us to reflect on his purposes. He wants us to relax in his will. He wants us to request wisdom, guidance, direction. And he wants us to run the race until we've completed it and receive the glorious embrace and life and joy of our master. If you don't know Jesus as that glorious, loving, good God, you're wasting your trials, friend. That's not what we want for you. Don't waste these times, these trials. Trust Christ as your Lord and Savior. To those who love him, ask him to come into your life and enable you to love him, to turn from this life of living trials without him and begin to see God work in you as your Lord and Savior. As you trust him, he embraces you and makes your trials, your life of value. Why go through this life having no value for your pain, no current joy in the midst of affliction? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for trials, for tribulations, for pain, for what we're going through that's called COVID-19. Father, we ask that you would enable us to see the particular reasons you have brought this into our lives, that we would relax in your will, seeking to stay in your will with wisdom to proceed as you direct. Father, give us scripture. Give us answers that we seek as to why you want us to do what you want us to do. Show us opportunities to honor and obey you. Lord, we look forward to life in eternity with you and this crown of life you promise to those who love you. We love you, Lord. And we thank you for loving us through our trials. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.